Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 6th of December. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, title sponsor of everything, Zaslow Show 2.0. Those are my guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, if you're dealing with an injury, it wasn't caused from your own fault, you call Anajar and Levine, let them put their skills to work for you, get you the compensation you deserve. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733, and of course, with the holiday season off and rolling, NFL's in full stride, NBA, NHL, Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today. Remember... Use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Glad to have you guys aboard today. It's right smack in the middle of the week. But finally, it's been a slow couple days to start this week because where have our, where have our favorite little basketball and hockey teams have been? Well, they're back in action tonight. Both of them, of course. You got to play the same night. So the last time we saw them was this past Saturday night. And now back tonight, you got the Panthers continuing their homestand tonight against Dallas, who's coming off a shutout loss in Tampa, but one of the best teams in the league. So Dallas tonight at the Panthers, the Heat are in Toronto. Now you may be looking at your, you know, if you got one of those magnet schedules that you put on your fridge, I I love a good magnet schedule. Oh my God, I love it. And if you look on the magnet schedule and you're like, Zaslow, it doesn't say the Heat are at the Raptors tonight. What are you talking about? They had to leave this week open so they could add games 
for the teams that don't make the quarterfinals of the NBA in-season tournament. So Friday, they added Cleveland here, and tonight, the Heat are at Toronto. So yes, there is a game tonight. (laughs) The Heat are playing at 7.30 against the Raptors in Toronto. So you got both teams back in action tonight. Both of them coming off losses. You got Kyle Lowry back in Toronto. I mean, you you can keep him. Stay there. But anyway, the Heat, they're going to look to get back in the win column tonight. You had NBA in-season tournament last night. A little bit of controversy, so we'll talk about that. It's Wednesday, which means we tell you, heading into week 14 of the NFL season, which team's fan base are going through good times and which are going through hard times, daddy. Also, our pal Brett Romberg is going to stop by because with all of the... With all the talk this week about FSU being left out of the playoffs, 23 years later, finally, those Miami Hurricanes who were on that team in 2000 that got left out of the BCS championship because a computer said FSU should get in, even though FSU's won losses to the Hurricanes, and then FSU goes on and loses 13-2 against Oklahoma, a disgrace that the Hurricanes got left out. Finally, Romberg and his teammates get to tell FSU, how does it feel? Look at you now. So we're going to have Romberg on the show here. We'll talk a little bit about that with him. We'll, we'll get we'll get his uh, legitimate opinions, but then we'll also have him let him have his say about FSU, maybe getting a little taste of their own medicine. Let's be honest here. So Brett will join the show. That's going to be a lot of fun. First, I want to start with a couple things, and then we'll get to the NBA stuff. So... You guys probably know, if you've been listening to me for, you know, however long, you know that I've always been a huge Howard Stern fan. And, I, I mean, I grew up, my, my father was a huge fan, so that's how I was turned on to it. And, and starting when I was about 15 years old, 14 or 15 years old, maybe 15, I, I was listening to Howard Stern every day, religiously, for almost 25 years. And I say almost 25 years because really last like couple years, two years ago, I stopped listening. Just wasn't, it just wasn't for me anymore. It is, you know, it is what it is. Howard's a lot older. The show's changed. Not necessarily for the worse or anything, but the show's changed. It's not for me anymore. But starting at about 15 years old, I listened to Howard Stern for almost, religiously, for almost 25 years. And I was turned back on to listen to it today because I saw a note on Twitter that Howard's Howard's best friend and stylist, uh, a, a a very uh, common character on the show, Ralph Sorella, died and he passed away. So I'm like, wow, that's terrible news. He was only 58 years old, and turns out he had he had a, a type of uh, lymphoma cancer and he passed away yesterday. And I was like, all right, I, w- I want to put Howard on. I want to I want to hear this. I want to hear him talk about Ralph. What what happened? You know. Uh, it was very sad, you know, and so, so I listened to Howard for probably like a good hour this morning. He opened his show talking about Ralph passing away and it's sad, you know, but the reason that I'm bringing this up is, and because I, I'm sure the grand majority of you guys listening to the show, listening to me right now, you're probably not Howard Stern fans or whatever. You don't know who I'm talking about, but the point is the reason I'm bringing this up is it really made me. It made me think about, and I knew this already, but it just it made me think about it in this instance, how special a medium radio is. And yes, like I'm 
this is a podcast, Zaslow Show 2.0, but it, it's a radio show, like, at its core. Like, that, that is, that's what this is, you know? We're listening to this show. Like, we're still calling them radio shows sometimes, even though I don't do radio anymore. I do a podcast. But you understand what I'm saying. And the point is, it shows you how, how special radio is, the relationship that shows and hosts build with their audiences, with their fans. And there's nothing like it. You know, it doesn't happen with TV. Radio does that. <coughs> Excuse me, where you, it, it becomes, the show becomes part of your routine, of course, every day. And, and the people on the show, it, it becomes like a family. Now, granted, it's just me now, but I, I talk about my personal life. You guys know about my personal life. Hell, when I was at CCW on Saturday night at Unbranded Brewery and one of the guys came up to say hello, you know, which son are you here with? Oh, I, you know, I know all about him. And yeah, because like, I, I talk about my kids on the show. And so you, you get attached to these people, these characters, and you get to know them. And there, there's no other medium like that, like what these, what radio shows or podcasts do for you that that connection that you have with the audience. That's why I love radio, man. It's why I love doing this show, and it, it's a special connection that you build with your audience and with your fans. And help, like I said, I haven't listened to Howard in, in like two years, but I had to turn back on today because I wanted to hear him talk about Ralph passing away because like that relationship mattered to me for so many years. Because I was a listener for almost a quarter century for most of my life. And, I mean, I used to be on the, on the bus to school, freshman year of high school. I'm 15 years old, and I have the, the earpiece, and I, you know, I got my, my headphones with the little radio, and I'd be listening the whole bus ride in the morning to school, listening to Howard every day. 15 years old, you know, kind of crazy, right? I loved it. I loved that show so much. And, but just the point is, I... In case, you know, if you didn't know, <laughs> I, I, wanted to, I wanted to put it out there that it's not lost on me. The relationship that the listener that you guys have with the hosts and with their favorite shows. And, and it's a special type of bond that we get to have with our audience in, in radio that you don't get in TV or movies for that matter. It's not the same thing. And it's it's maybe the thing that I love most about about this type of medium. So just wanted to throw that out there that, uh, yeah, that I it, it made me appreciate it this morning, uh, maybe more than some other days that, yeah, there, there's a bond between the hosts and the audience. And and I appreciate you guys. So anyway, that's all I wanted to start today. So it's kind of a somber note that I'm starting with. but It's really not a somber. It's really not meant to be a somber note. It's kind of like me thanking everybody. So. Anyway, I did a hit this morning on local radio in Toronto. They wanted to, TSN 1050. That's like the big radio station there in Toronto. And, and you know, they want to talk a little bit of heat, heat at Raptors tonight, talked a little bit about the Dolphins. And one of the things that they also asked me about was the NBA in-season tournament. And, you know, obviously Toronto Maple Leafs, they're the home of the Maple Leafs, they're the flagship station, I believe, of the Maple Leafs, obviously the home is Toronto. And, you know, they, they said, 
Should the NHL, and they know I love the Panthers. Should, I mean, I, I went on the air a couple months ago. I said Matthew Kachuk, greatest American-born player in the National Hockey League right now. And, of course, they have Austin Matthews. I mean, whatever. I Keep it real, keep it don't, right? So they asked me, should the NHL take a page out of the NBA's playbook and do an in-season tournament? And I told them, no. The NHL does not need an in-season tournament. The NBA, in-season tournament again last night, quarterfinals. Lakers win, controversy. Bucks win. They advance. And now tomorrow night is the semifinals in Vegas with Saturday night being the finals in Vegas. Let me see what the time those are. Uh, Thursday night. Let's see. Is it Thursday or is it Friday? No, it's Thursday. And the times are weird. It's Thursday at 5 p.m. You know, they're doing it like Final Four style where you have both games back-to-back, same venue. Thursday, 5 p.m. Saturday, not, uh, uh, Thursday, 5 p.m., and then 9 p.m. East and then West, and then Saturday, the championship game in Vegas there is at 8.30 on ABC. But anyway, that's not what I'm going to talk about right now. What I want to say is the NBA, while the in-season tournament has been a grand slam, it's still an insult. It's an insult to fans because the reason they have the in-season tournament is because players don't care. It's because they don't try. It's because they don't play enough. That's not a problem in the National Hockey League. That's not a problem in the NFL either. Not that you would ever have an in-season tournament. I mean, that's obviously wacky for the NFL. But that's not a problem for the National Hockey League. Can you imagine if today, and the Panthers are playing the Stars, if Alexander Barkov showed up this morning, he's not getting dressed up this morning for morning skate, and his team is like, hey, Alexander, what are you doing? You know, Barky, what are you doing? You know, you're not getting dressed? No, I'm resting tonight, guys. I'm not playing. Can you imagine what the reaction would be? The NHL doesn't need that. Every game feels important. NHL regular season is awesome. That's why, and I told you this, the Heat are always going to be the most important to me. But I've really gravitated over the last couple years to the Panther regular season over the Heat regular season because the games just feel more important. The games feel like they matter. And so the NHL, they don't need an in-season tournament. There's absolutely no reason for an in-season tournament with the National Hockey League. And I told them that, all right? You know, look, like I said, keep it real, keep it don't. So I thought that was interesting that they brought that up to me. And last night, so the the Bucks blow out the Knicks. Bucks are up big. They go into the fourth quarter. Knicks go on a run to cut it to nine. And from that point on, it was all Bucks again. So <laughs> Milwaukee, and that's a great defensive New York Knicks team. And Milwaukee really put it on them last night. So the Bucks advanced to the semifinals. And the Lakers controversial finish last night so the Lakers are up by four on the Lakers were up most of the game Suns came back took the lead there in the second half I didn't see the finish of the game I didn't I got tired you know what what you want me to say I got tired but the 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 Lakers are up four the Suns get a basket now it's two on the inbounds pass Austin Reeves receives the inbounds pass there's 11 seconds left the Suns go for a steal before trying to foul They get a steal. The ball immediately comes loose from Austin Reeves. The Lakers are granted a timeout. LeBron is calling timeout to the referee across the other side of the floor, but he's doing it as the ball is very clearly on the ground, totally loose. Suns pick it up. They're going to have a layup and tie the game. Official calls timeout, grants it to LeBron. And obviously super controversial. Lakers get the ball back. They end up hanging on. They win by, I think it was three. I think Durant missed a three at the buzzer. But the game was going to be tied right there with 11 seconds left. And they gave the timeout 
to LeBron and the Lakers when clearly the ball was on the floor. Obviously, Suns head coach Frank Vogel, he was upset about after the game. Devin Booker, he was upset about after the game. And yeah, it, 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 it cost the team a chance to go to Vegas, and it costs all the guys on the Suns, and specifically the ones on the end of the bench who don't make a lot of money, potentially cost them $500,000. Sucks. Sucks. And the yes, officials make mistakes all the time, and NBA officials, boy, do they stink. But here's, here's the big problem with it. Here's the part where it's like, man, I, I, here, here's where it's so frustrating. And by the way, why the NBA compared to all the other sports, and especially when it's LeBron who's calling the timeout, this is why fans, when it comes to the NBA and it's officiating, always have all the conspiracy theories. Because everyone else watching that game, except for the officials, and specifically the one official who gave the LeBron the timeout, everyone watching that game knew the ball was loose and you are not allowed to get a timeout in that case. The fans watching it knew. The people watching at home knew. I heard the Lakers radio call. They knew. Obviously, the Suns radio call. They knew. The TNT broadcast, Reggie Miller pointed it out immediately. Everyone knew immediately. Nobody had to see a, 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 an instant replay. Everyone watching in live action knew that that ball was loose and you can't get granted a timeout. And that's why NBA fans have conspiracy theories because everyone in the world in real time watching that knew that that ball was loose except the official still gave LeBron the timeout. And that's, that's why fans think the NBA is rigged. That's why. Everyone else, not upon seeing a replay. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about in real time. Everyone was able to see. Apparently, what the three officials could not. And that's, that's frustrating. Like you would want, and it's not a reviewable play. But what you would want in that spot is, why can't the three referees get together and say, yeah, I, I had the ball loose when he called that time. Like, you may have given him the time out there. Are you sure? Are you sure he had possession? Because I had a clear vantage point. He did not have possession. And then you come out of that huddle and you make a ruling. I understand you can't go to the replay. You can huddle up together and decide what you want to call. But it was LeBron who was calling for timeout. And it's the Lakers and, and not like the Suns are some small market. They got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. They got stars. But it's LeBron. And it's the Lakers. And it's the NBA in-season tournament. They would love to have the Lakers go to Vegas. Where LeBron is going to own a team. And that's where you get the conspiracy theories. So, you had controversy last night with the NBA in-season tournament. Lakers hang on and win. And now you got Pelicans versus Lakers. Bucks versus Pacers tomorrow. And then the championship will be on Saturday night. So... It, it, it was a shitty ending. Overall, in-season tournament, phenomenal. I am curious what it's going to look like in Vegas on Thursday. Because do Laker fans last night, do Bucks fans last night, does their team winning the game last night and advance into Vegas for tomorrow's semifinal, does that get the Laker fan, does that get the Buck fan to then go online, buy a plane ticket, to go to Vegas in two days, tomorrow, buy tickets for the game and say, 
All right, let's go. We're supporting our team. You know, with bowl season, you find out you're in the playoffs there. You're going to the Sugar Bowl. You're going to the Rose Bowl. All right, this is what we do, right? You, you support your college team. We know what bowl game we're going to. Let's get the plane tickets. Let's get the tickets. Let's go. We're off and running. But you got a few weeks to, to handle business. The game's not for a few weeks. This is happening tomorrow. So are Laker fans now all of a sudden buying tickets and plane tickets and hotel stays? The Bucks fans, two nights ago. The Pelicans fans, the Pacer fans, are they making the trip to Vegas to support the team? And then do you stay over and also go Saturday? Because then otherwise, we've had great crowds at these match games. And then certainly with the quarterfinals, great crowds. Are we going to be depending on local NBA fans in Vegas to be a raucous crowd, a raucous atmosphere like we've had for the NBA in-season tournament? Or is that part of this, you know, I don't want to say experiment because it's here to stay. Is that part of this tournament going to be a bit of a letdown tomorrow and then Saturday? That's going to be interesting to see. Because, look, if it were... If it were me, <coughs> if it were me, and the Heat were advancing, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going online buying a plane ticket and buying tickets to the game and hotel to go watch the Heat play in the semifinals and the finals of the tournament. Now, who knows? Maybe if it gets a little more prestigious, you got a few years under the belt. I don't know. Maybe it'll change, but I'm not, I'm not forking over thousands of dollars to now get on a plane tomorrow and go to the game. Are other I was watching at home. Are other people going to do that? Are they going to treat it like like it's a big thing, and we got to go, we got to fly to Vegas and support our team in the NBA Cup semifinal? I, I don't know how people are going to react to that. All right, before we continue on here, let's get to some dolphin stuff. First, if you're thinking about getting a new ride, guys, you know I'm going to tell you about the only car dealership. I personally endorse here on Zaslow Show 2.0. We're talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Because at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're getting that promise where your customer, you guys, you're going to get that exceptional experience at their brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. Beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. And not only are you getting a, a, a relaxed indoor car shopping experience, but maybe you just need your current vehicle serviced. Whether it's a Subaru or any other make or model. Yeah, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is still going to treat you like royalty. They could service whatever make and model you currently have. Plus, with an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model, you are sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles, they come with a lifetime warranty, so you know you're covered. And right now, at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can lease the brand new 2024 Subaru Outback Premium for just $321 a month for 36 months with $59.95 due at signing with approved credits. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. So Romberg's going to join us coming up, and we'll talk a little bit about FSU getting snubbed and what his experience was, of course, back in 2000 with the Hurricanes when that same thing happened to them. Let's do some Dolphins here. So I want to play this clip for you guys. This is from Speak on FS1. We like that show. We watch it often because we support 
the star of FS1, Hollywood Joy Taylor, who is just fucking killing it, all right? So we watch Speak a lot in the afternoons here, 4.36 on FS1. That's the only thing on FS1 that we watch. Otherwise, look, I, 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 work, I work ESPN Radio. I support all my colleagues at ESPN now. That's, that's my spot. But anyway, I religiously watch FS1 Speak because of Joy. Now, here's yesterday. LaShawn McCoy, he's one of the panelists on the show with her. And here's LaShawn McCoy on Speak yesterday talking about the league MVP and who should win it. This, this is why I'm starting to hate this award, seriously, though. Because it's coming down to just being the best quarterback, no right? Question. And right now, there's no great quarterbacks playing. No, no. And I will say this, Dak Prescott, uh, lately, because I guess you're forgetting about the other six games, he had six touchdowns and four points. I guess you're forgetting about that. Bro, but uh, of lately, Dak is playing the best. He's, he's playing, I've never seen him play this good, right? Without no picks, he's just playing confident, he's in that pocket, right? But it's really not him. It's really not Jalen Hurts either, or Patrick Mahomes. It's really Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's, it's, it's really Tyreek Hill, though. The MVP should be Tyreek Hill. He should be our favorite. He's on pace to do something we've never seen before, right? And you look at the Dolphins, right? I, I guess we give a lot of tools, a lot of credit, and he's doing a phenomenal job. But without Tyreek Hill, we kind of know what he really is. And it's not a, it's not a tool shot. I'm saying the, the, the effect that Tyreek Hill has on his team. We've seen Tyreek Hill go from the Kansas City Chiefs giving out crazy, crazy work, right? Super productive. Then he goes to the, to, to the Dolphins in Miami. I don't know if I expected to, to see this. I know he'd be good because he's one of the best players I've played with. I know how good he is. Yeah. But this dude is like being great, great, great. And it's like when we look at the numbers and, and how valuable you are to your team, how valuable you are to the league, it's not a quarterback right now. Yeah. It's really Tyreek Hill. This guy's 5'8". It's my boy. He'll be mad at me. He's five, eight, <laughs> right? He's playing like a big boy. He's on pace to do things like better than uh, Calvin Johnson, a 6'5". Fina. James. All right, so this is interesting. I, I agree with there not being a runaway quarterback winner this year. It's why, you know, and I've talked about this on ESPN Radio, where a few weeks ago, C.J. Stroud, legitimate contender. Jalen Hurts then jumped up top. Earlier in the year, Brock Purdy when the Niners were 5-0. and Tua has certainly been in the discussion. Right now, the odds-on favorite, Brock Purdy. If the, if the Cowboys beat the Eagles this weekend, Dak Prescott. There's a lot of flip-flopping with who is going to be the league MVP this year. Because it's normally a quarterback's award. So, I do agree when it comes to what LaShawn McCoy is saying there. There has not been a runaway quarterback winner. That's why there certainly should be a case for Tyreek Hill. If there's ever a year... For a non-quarterback, and I know it's happened before, obviously. If there's ever been a year for a non-quarterback to win it, this would be it. Because there's no clear-cut winner at quarterback. It's every week it's something different. Except Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey, too, for a less at a lesser extent. Tyreek Hill continues to do his thing every week. And if Tyreek Hill is going to do something, 16-game season, 17-game season, however you want to spin it. If Tyreek Hill is going to do something that's never been done before. Brock Purdy's not doing something that's never been done before. Dak Prescott's not doing something that's never been done before. Jalen Hurts is not doing something that's never been done before. Tyreek Hill might do something that's never been done before. And if that's the case, he certainly deserves to have very serious consideration for MVP. So I certainly believe that LaShawn McCoy is right in that spot. Here's the part that I got a big problem with, and here's the part that Dolphin fans are going to have a big problem with. 
the whole we know what we know what Tua is without Tyreek Hill. We know what Tua is without Tyreek Hill. That's bullshit. How could we possibly know what Tua is without Tyreek Hill? What based on two seasons worth of him adjusting to playing the hardest position in all of professional sports. His first two years in the league. That was without Tyreek Hill. What we saw in his first two years while adjusting to playing the toughest position in the history of sports. Also, with a head coach in Brian Flores jerking him back and forth, not helping him whatsoever. All the distractions, the Deshaun Watson stuff, back and forth, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tom Brady rumors. How do we know what Tua is without Tyreek Hill based on his first two years in the league adjusting to playing that position? That gives us a definitive idea of what Tua is without Tyreek Hill? That's bullshit. And I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what we do know. All right, based on facts. I'll tell you what we do know. Tyreek Hill who had an amazing year last year, his best year as a pro before this year, was last year with Tua also. And and by the way, Tyreek Hill's been right about everything he has said about Tua. But last year, what we do know, Tyreek Hill, without Tua last year, Tua missed the final two games of the regular season, and then, obviously, the playoff game. Tyreek Hill, without Tua, those final three games, including the playoffs, Without his quarterback, four catches for 55 yards, two catches for 23 yards, seven catches for 69 yards. No touchdowns in any of those games. That's Tyreek Hill without Tua. So I'm definitely not trying to make the case that Tyreek Hill needs Tua to be great. Tyreek Hill is a phenomenal receiver, and probably should be MVP of the league. But the we know what Tua is without Tyreek Hill, I just told you what Tyreek was without Tua. So that's the part of that whole argument that's garbage. How do we know what Tua is without Tyreek Hill? Based on the first two years of his career? Based on his rookie season and his second year? Playing the hardest position in sports? With Brian Flores fucking with him the whole time? We know what two is without Tyreek because of that evidence? That's crazy. That's, like, like you're wrong about that. Can I tell you guys it would be a great gift for the holiday season? If, if you're not sure what to get your significant other or, or, or just what your family might need right now, go to SheetsGiggles.com. And start getting the best sleep of your life with the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets out there. Sheetsgiggles.com. And make sure you use promo code ZASLO. You'll get 20% off your first order. And then you're going to keep returning to Sheets and Giggles because we're talking all kinds of holiday sales, promotions. My man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. Huge Miami sports fan. You know he loves the heat the Panthers, the Dolphins. So make sure you follow 
at Sheets Giggles on Twitter. He's putting out all kinds of promo codes all the time. But if you're looking for the best sleep of your life, have you ever slept on a eucalyptus mattress? I mean, koalas sleep up to 18 hours a day on a eucalyptus tree. You know how comfortable a eucalyptus mattress is then? I have a eucalyptus pillow. I got the comforter, the bed sheets, the pillowcases. You can get it all at SheetsGiggles.com and you can get 20% off your first order when you use promo code Zazlo. SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zazlo. All guests on Zaslo Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba, European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba now at your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. Remember, of course, always drink responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. And joining us here, I reached out to our pal, Brett Romberg, University of Miami Sports Hall of Fame Remington Award winner. For those who don't know, that means there was no center in the nation that was better than him that year. He kept Ken Dorsey clean. If Ken Dorsey ever fell to the ground, it was not Brett Romberg's fault. Brett Romberg joining us here on the program today. Good morning, Brett. Hello. Morning, morning, morning. How are you, man? How you doing? I'm good. So I I wanted to get you on for a few minutes here and get your thoughts about what happened to FSU because I feel like you and your pals have probably waited 23 years to be able to give an FSU a little how does it feel so we'll, we'll talk about that part in a second I want because I, w- I want to hear what you guys went through back then and for folks who don't know of course back in 2000 which was really like the first year of that three-year stretch where the Canes probably should have won three consecutive national titles and the stupid uh, the the point system, the BCS, had FSU mathematically ahead of UM, even though FSU's only loss was to UM. And, of course, UM's only loss was very early in that year, a game at Washington. So the Canes got left out. FSU lost 13-2 to to Oklahoma. I think we all know the Canes would have scored more than two points that night, Brett Romberg. No doubt in my mind, we would have scored probably about 35, especially the way that our <laughs> offense was rolling, man. Yeah, we were doing well. So so what when, when FSU got left out, are you are you able to like put aside your bias for a moment and say, wow, they they got fucked? Or or did you believe that, yeah, you know what? Not the same team without Jordan Travis. You know, that, Again, when it comes to the school, the situation, you know, I, I hate them more than anything. You know, that's that's the that's my biggest rival. That's the that's the knife in my heart. Every single time I hear the song, I see the colors. Like it doesn't matter. You look at a truck on the street. I, I don't even want to even go near the truck just because of the color of its paint. So, uh, when it comes to the actual school itself, despised. But when it comes to the kids that are out there grinding and doing everything they possibly can and are told to do, and they still come up short like that, it, it's tough, man. It it makes you know, the whole mentality of collegiate athletics switch and pivot a little bit. It becomes almost what I hated about the NFL, which was the politics behind it. You know, now it's streamed and gotten all the way into uh, the collegiate athletics. Uh, Before it was kind of like known, but unspoken of. Now it's just clearly spoken of and it's super transparent. And we get to realize how political the game of football now is actually becoming. I hate the idea where the committee is essentially telling you that they don't believe FSU is going to be as good with with Tate Rodemaker at quarterback because he, he would be back and available by the semifinal. And it's like, why is it their job to tell us 
what how they think that they're going to play. That part bothers that, me. That that's so sad, man. Because again, everybody loves the Cinderella stories, right? Everybody loves the underdog stories where a kid that wasn't supposed to play ends up playing and leads his team to a national title. I heard somebody on ESPN talk about that years ago with I believe it was Michigan. Similar situation uh happened over there. And then I wouldn't go exactly the same, but you know, Ohio State a couple years ago, they had that same situation with Jalen, a couple different other players that you're just having a rotational system at quarterback and you never really know. And, and again, in the NFL, it's the any given Sunday situation and college. It, it used to be like that. It used to be the any given Saturday, any team can win. You never know. They could possibly scheme. Their offensive coordinator can create some hell of a game plan that he might pull out of his ass for that particular game. You know, it, it's sad to see that the kids, whatever they have done to be where they are currently in that position of undefeated, which is, I don't give a shit what your schedule is. It's a very difficult and daunting task to go undefeated no matter what. And I, I feel bad for the kids. I don't feel bad that they made that decision to go to FSU, but I feel bad at the decision that the committee has put forth. People that, for the most part, really don't know shit about football half the time. They never played it. They don't understand it. They're just going based off of what they feel or think might happen in the future. And here's also the weird part. It's FSU that they're leaving out. It's not some buster program. Like, it's not, for instance, UCF from a few years ago that was undefeated. It's Florida State, who for my entire childhood was a top five team every single year. It's FSU that they decided, oh, you're undefeated? Still not good enough. Like, that part's crazy. Yeah, man. And especially with the athletes, you know, going into the season, if you would have told me that Norvell would have had, you know, Mario Cristobal pinned up against the ropes and and Florida State would be going this going this well, there's no way in hell. You know, we saw a glimpse of it last year, you know, then it trickled over and it became consistent and even compounding and getting better and better and better this year. Um Obviously, we kind of are a little bit stagnant at this point in time. I, I know we're getting better. I know we have position groups on our team that are doing a lot better than what they used to be. But it didn't catapult the way that Norvell's catapulted that program. So, you know, I've also heard somebody say about the good thing about Florida State now is, you know, you have your head coach in line, being able to to, to find ways, find players, uh, recruit-wise, schematic-wise. They got a good coaching staff over there. So it's not a total bust for Florida State going into this bowl game. Again, you see the monster they got to play and they got to play him down here. I'm, I'm, and again, I, I look back on when we got snubbed against the Gators and I look back on it and, and I, I remember how pissed off the, the amount of chip on the shoulder that we had going against the Gators and then like, you know, whooping their ass in bourbon street and then beating them up on the field. And they had some real badass players at that point in time, but it wasn't even about Florida. So, and I know it's tough and I know they're not looking for advice and especially nowadays with these kids that aren't even playing in bowl games anymore, uh, I would really band together and make this thing a statement game for the Florida State program. Are they going to beat Georgia? My guess is probably no. Uh, are they going to get their asses handed to them? I, I don't think so. And not if they go into this game with that mindset of, I'm extremely pissed off. We deserve better. We deserve to be in the in, in the playoff rounds. We deserve that opportunity. Um, lay a stamp, man. Like this is this is Florida State's opportunity to just put that stamp, that letting them know that you know Florida football is back. Uh, and, and it's sad to say that Florida State has to be that that flag in the front that's showing that Florida football is back. But yeah, this could be a game that that players can really showcase their ability against that top ten, top tier 
uh, collegiate athletic program that's been for the last 15 years, probably the one of the pinnacles. So by now you've seen the video where, you know, they're all in the, they're in the room and they're watching the selection show. And then it shows that they got left out and they're, and they're heartbroken. You could see. And I mean, some of the kids get up, they walk out like they're, they're distraught. What do you remember what it was like for you guys? Like now back then they only announced two teams or whatever. It was BCS one versus two. Like, do you remember what it was like for you guys back in 2000? Yeah, man. We, uh, we, ironically enough, we were, I think we were at Joaquin's brother's house, Tony's house. And uh, it was me, him, Bib, Shirk. Uh, there was a group of us that were over there. And uh, I think we just got done shaving Shirko for like $50 bare ass naked. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but once the news came out, once it was announced, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. It really was. It was deafening. Uh, it was a few days of guys, you know, screaming, fuck the world. You know, it was, uh, it, it was pretty bad, uh, especially the guys uh, that, that were there through the shit that were going into their senior year, the four-year guys, you know, the, the Ed Reeds of the crew uh, that was, that was frustrating. Um, Dan Morgan and all those other guys too, you know, it was, you felt really bad because we've done everything again. We busted our ass. We, our summers were so intense. We did everything we can to earn that opportunity. And uh, for a computer to come out and decide, uh, I, I don't know what's worse, uh, having powder puff guys come out there with loafers and cologne on telling which school is able to go in and play for a national title or or a computer system that that seemed to be faulted as well. So, um, again, life life isn't always tulips and daisies and roses. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering how this Florida team, Florida State team is going to respond. Uh, the coaching staff, I clearly know what the coaching staff is going to be all about. You know, it's this is revenge. Like this is going to be you. You fuck me. Now get ready to go ahead and showcase maybe some guys becoming very, very violent on our program. And that's, is that what Butch did for you guys after the announcement? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was no hold bar. It was it was Butch basically said, "How are you guys going to react?" Like like they took the the parental role of, of trying to be the mature, but they also poked the bear. Like they they literally laid out nuggets for us of of how are you guys going to respond or what are you going to do about it, you know? And and back then we wanted nothing but blood. Like it was this the sights and the visors and whatever those horse blinders are, you know, on the horses. Um, that's what we had on from that moment on. The minute we got screwed. That's what would happen. So hopefully, you know, the same situation, same mentality Norvell puts on that on that football program over there. And these guys, all of them participate. All of them go out there. And I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and try to hurt Georgia, um, obviously, because Georgia's probably going to move on to the next round. But my guess is they're going to try to make a statement. And, and, and if a couple Georgia Bulldogs get hurt, I, I think that's going to end up happening. Now, how much now for folks who don't remember, that was, of course, you guys had the big fight on Bourbon Street with the Gators. How much was that? Because, all right, you hate the Gators compared to you. You guys are angry that you're even in this game. We we would go out at night on Bourbon Street and all of us were missing curfew every single freaking night. It was it was unbelievable. We missed curfew every night in, in New Orleans. Uh Position coaches wanted to send guys home like I know Kehoe wanted to send me home because I kept missing curfew. But it was me and McKinney that were coming in past curfew all the time. And Butch Davis was like, are you fucking stupid? It's your starting center and your left tackle. They're not going anywhere. And if they want to stay out again tonight, let them stay out again tonight. Um, was that part of yeah, your plan? Was... I'm going to make sure that I come home at the same time as McKinney. Because we, between the two of you, they can't send both of you home. Well, brother, it was all the starters that were coming home. Like, we were literally in the streets, whether you were chasing tail or you were looking to rumble. And it was... 
we knew Florida was on there. We knew Florida was walking up and down the street. Uh, unfortunately, Al Blades and a couple of the guys got out a little ahead of themselves and got a drink poured on his head. And uh, and then once they saw the the cavalry rolling in, that's when Al started screaming murder. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of, you know, you heard about the hit stick and bust dick chants. You hear about uh, on, on the, the 30 for 30 where Al's singing, uh, you know, music. But Al was always that guy. And he would always scream. And I, I guarantee it was from his brothers, you know, Benny and Brian. Back in the day, they'd be like, murder. There was a thing they like they would do. Mystical used to do it all the time, you know, like the, the, the No Limit Soldiers. And they would just start screaming, murder. And then all of a sudden, you heard that, you go run. You start running now, like, like head, head. And the other guys were like, head for the hills, bro, because we're coming. We're coming. So, it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting week in, in New Orleans, that's for sure. So 23 years later... FSU now gets left out the way that you guys get left out. Now, of course, it's not FSU get left out for UM. That would have been the ultimate revenge. But right. it's FSU getting left out. So it, did you get any messages from, from your old teammates where it's like, about fucking time? Yeah, <laughs> it only took 23 years of that karma stick to beat the hell out of you. Uh, yeah, and, and what's sad is because, you know, now at this stage in my life, I'm mixed in with a lot of uh, a lot of different parents that went to a lot of different universities. Of course, you know, we have our UM diehard parents that they're all about it. They loved it. You know, it made them warm and fuzzy throughout the holiday season so far that the fact that FSU got snubbed because the majority of them are my age and they all recall of what happened back in 2000, 99, 2000. So uh, but there's also the group of dads that are Florida State alums. And there's one of them in particular that actually used to play back in uh, the mid 90s for Florida State. So um he was, you know, he was sobbing about it. He was, he was trying to cry on my shoulder about it. Like I was going to try to give him some sympathy for that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to cry over that. That's for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to smirk a little bit. But again, I do feel bad for the kids. But thank God, of course, next year you guys just took care of business by not losing any games because otherwise, I mean, I'm sure you still feel all right. We should have at least won back to back. Probably should have won three in a row. But at least because you did what you did the very next year, it's not something you wake up and think about every single day. Yeah, that, that was I think that was one of the things exiting that game after the Sugar Bowl is immediately after we did what we did. You know, there was a couple rumors and a couple things of, oh, you know, we might be considered, you know, possible candidates for the national title or splitting or there was there was some conversation of that after we whooped their ass. But it was more along the lines of now we begin like. There was no rest. There was no go home and take a little time off. There was no go home and enjoy this victory. It was, guys, get in the goddamn mini Mima because we drove to the, the Sugar Bowl, me, Joaquin, Sherco, and Juice. We drove there in Joaquin's mom's minivan, and it was get back on the minivan, drive back to South Florida, don't take any time off, and just get right back to the weight room and just just go. And it was it was a it was a collective agreement by everybody in that locker room after that, that Sugar Bowl game. We send off the seniors – Thank you for what you did. And now it's our turn to take the reins and, and, and we hit the ground running, man. Like January, we were, yeah, we, we were, uh, we were ready to get right back at it. And and we had, we had a grudge. We still had the trip. We still had the chip on the shoulder from, from getting snubbed. Great job, Brett. Good catching up with you, man. I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Excellent job by Romberg. Good stuff right there. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing that. Week 14 gets going tomorrow night. We're right smack in the middle of the week. So you know that means it's time to tell you which NFL fan base are going through good times and which are going through hard times, daddy. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 
30 years, 30 years, they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. All right, thank you, Dusty. Good times and hard times. We start things out with number three fan base that are having good times right now. The Green Bay Packers fan is feeling good right now. The Packers coming off of a Sunday night football win against the Kansas City Chiefs. They have won four of their last five games now. They are currently 6-6. Six and six. Not only are they in the playoff picture now, how about the NFC North with three teams right now in the playoff spots? Green Bay is 6-6. Six and six. Minnesota right ahead of them is also 6-6. Six and six. So Green Bay is feeling really good about their playoff chances right now. And they're feeling pretty good about Jordan Love. So the Green Bay Packer fan is having good times right now. Number two, the Indianapolis Colts fan. That's right. Look at the season the Colts are putting together, and that's having lost Anthony Richardson at the very start of the season. The Colts, they get an overtime win, scoring a touchdown in overtime to beat the Titans this past weekend. They are 7-5. They are currently the seventh spot in the AFC, but it's three teams, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Indianapolis, all at 7-5 for 5-6-7 in the AFC. And not just that, with Trevor Lawrence's injury with Jacksonville, they're just a game back of first in the AFC South. Hosting a first-round playoff game is now very much in play for the Indianapolis Colts. Colts fan is having good times right now. And then team with the number one good times right now for their fan base, 49er fan. 49ers are so back at 9-3. and three. They've won four in a row. They're just a game back now of number one Philadelphia. And, of course, they own the head-to-head with Philadelphia. But here's what's most important. They showed you bad weather didn't even matter on the road, didn't even matter against Philadelphia. That number one overall seed, you obviously want it if you're the Niners, but you showed it doesn't even matter. You could win on the road at the best team in bad weather and do it convincingly. The Niner fan, number one. Number three, Packer fan. Number two, Colts fan. And number one, the 49ers fan is having good times. Now, which fan base are going through hard times, daddy? Number three, yeah, the Eagles fan. The Eagles fan's going through hard times because, hey, now not only is number one in the NFC in jeopardy, but number one in the NFC East is in jeopardy if they don't go to Dallas this weekend and get that win. They would drop from one to five. The Eagles fan is having hard times right now. Number two, Chiefs fan. Yep, the Chiefs, they lost, obviously, to Green Bay on Sunday night. They're eight and four, third in the AFC. That's obviously good, but I just, I don't feel this aura around the Chiefs. I've told you that. So I think the Chiefs fan right now is going through some doubt, and the team fan base that's having the hardest times this week, Jacksonville Jaguar fan. I just laid it out to you. The division is very much up for grabs now. Matter of fact, even qualifying for the postseason is very much in doubt now for the Jacksonville Jaguars and, of course, with Trevor Lawrence getting hurt. So number three, Eagles fan is having hard times. Number two, Chiefs fan is having hard times. And number one, the Jaguar fan is having hard times, daddy. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal, we start things off with... How about yesterday? Pat McAfee has been doing his show the first couple days this week in the ESPN studios. And I believe the the Seaport Studios in New York City. 
Here's Pat McAfee yesterday. I love that he's on the set there in his signature tank top. I mean, he doesn't care. I'm surprised he gets dressed up for game day. But anyway, he's sitting there in his tank top on the first take set yesterday. And here, he's telling you exactly what he was doing by picking Alabama at game day this past weekend. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for the hospitality. And the Georgia fans, uh, you know. They loved you. there was a whole until you said Alabama. They did not love me. You got to remember the whole narrative all year uh, was that because my show came to ESPN. Obviously, we fired Steve Young. We fired all the people that were here and were great people at ESPN. It was my show's fault. And then on game day, David Pollock got let go. David Pollock, who I am a massive fan of, yeah, one of the greatest well. Bulldogs of all time, a dude who was very good to me. Obviously, I took his spot. So Georgia fans all year, not necessarily the biggest McAfee fans. Now, with that being said. I was very nice to them. I was very cordial to them. But in the biggest moment in front of them all, it was a nice little reminder that, hey, yeah, you can go to hell too. <laughs> what you said to me all year. You know, and then Alabama wins that. That's a yeah. huge ordeal. It's yeah. always Alabama. better that way. Because yeah. Georgia wins that, I have to live with that forever. But it's only one biz, only one P Mac. College and, football. And it's, very awesome. it's very cathartic to yeah. tell people. I love, to I'm going big deal. And and let me tell you something. I mean, how 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 loud were the producers screaming in Molly Karam's ears? when Pat McAfee is going over the, the, the hosts that, that have all been fired recently, including David Pollard. I love it. I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal, this is on NFL Network yesterday. How about David Carr? That's right, the older brother of Saints quarterback Derek Carr. Here's David Carr suggesting that the Philadelphia Eagles sit Jalen Hurts. I think the only way that they get there, to M. Rob's point, is Jalen is 100% and he is that dynamic weapon in the run game because that creates your offense on the outside and your one-on-ones. Clearly, Jalen isn't comfortable reading through a defense in a drop-back pass scenario. Some would say he's not even good at it. And I think that when you look at this team, you have to have a serious conversation if you're Philly. And you have to really say... Is it better for us to play Marcus Mariota right now and let Jalen get really? fully healthy? Because I would argue that it does not matter if you're the number one seed. Because if the 49ers come into Philly again, they do not care. They do not care. If raining in Philly doesn't matter. But, but Irrelevant. You're the coach. You're Nick Sirianni. You go up to Jalen Hurts. He's oh, like, I'm dude, you, I, I, that's I can be a play, crazy coach. conversation. I can play. How are you going to tell me after I just got paid, we do all of this stuff, I'm in the MVP running. We just had a board up there oh, reading his MVP odds, and now you're going to tell me, tell me to sit. Big picture, brother. Like, you, know, that's <laughs> you have to do Like, if you're Nick Sirianni, this is the type of decision and conversation you have to have if you have a big picture mentality. And I think you can have that conversation, honestly, with Jalen. And if you set him down, that's all Jalen talks about is the end result and getting to the Super Bowl and winning that thing. The best way we can do it, they didn't run the football at all with him. Twice? That's not it, man. That's not the winning edge. I'm going not a big deal because absolutely no one is going to take that seriously. Look, it's not the craziest thing what he's saying, but there is zero chance that Nick Sirianni benches Jalen Hurts. Zero chance. All right. Big deal or not a big deal? How about this? AEW World Champion Maxwell Jacob Freeman. MJF, top Jew, everybody knows that. But now that now that he's a babyface MJF, he's done a really good job, especially because of all the tensions happening right now in Israel. He's done a really good job speaking up about anti-Semitism. I love this. Give this a listen. For the longest time, if there was anybody in wrestling that was known as a Jew, they were coming out to Havana Gila with a yarmulke on. Um, they weren't world champion. You know, they weren't the face of a company. And also, almost 10 times out of 10, they weren't, like, 
liked. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, if you look in the past uh, of, of the sport, whenever somebody identified as a specific race or religion or country, it was always as a way to garner hate from the crowd. So I, I take my role pretty seriously in my sport. When I was young, I faced a lot of anti-Semitic bullying. Um, and I remember how important it was for me not only to just absorb it, but realize like this isn't just happening to me. It's not like this is alien or foreign. This happens to literally. Almost every Jewish person I met has a story. Um, literally. So, not hyperbolic. And that's why, you know, I was such a massive fan of professional wrestling. Because I would watch these larger-than-life figures, you know, take on their bullies. And it was such, the, like, such a mind-blowing, cathartic experience. And um, that kind of drove me to want to go there. And I knew that if I ever made it in the world of professional wrestling, I would want to tell my story. I love professional wrestling because it gives me an outlet for a little kid watching at home to feel like they can be a superhero and they can stand up to anti-Semitism or to bullying as a whole. I'm going big deal. It's very cool to hear him speak like that. He's got a major, massive platform. And yeah, a major pro wrestling's world champion is a Jewish guy. I mean, talk about breaking a stereotype. I mean, come on, we're not usually very physical. We usually look like me. So I'm going big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, Tampa Bay Lightning goaltender Andre Vasilevsky. He had a shutout against the Dallas Stars. Stars are at the Panthers tonight. And Andre Vasilevsky, while he's speaking to the reporters after the game, uh, it, he very, very obviously, listen closely, lets out a big fart. What's on your mind in the last 48 hours from the end of the game on Saturday to the start of this one? Um... Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't great feeling uh, last game, but um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> All right, now th this is this is a big deal because it's one thousand percent a fart, the, especially by everyone's reaction. The question is, who farted? Is it a reporter who's never going to be able to to live it down? But I I think it was Vasilevsky. I think Vasilevsky is the one who farted. He's answering questions post game, and all of a sudden he's he just letting it rip. That's very rude. I mean, I know I know some of us don't like the media, but we're sitting there answering questions and we're farting. Very rude. That's a big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal. We're not a big deal. All right, big night tonight. Big local sports night tonight. Panthers finally back in action. Heat finally back in action. We have AEW Dynamite tonight as well. Tomorrow we're going to wake up. Can we wake up tomorrow and celebrate a double dip while also week 14 of the NFL getting going? I mean, come on, let's go. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who helped put together a great show today. I can never do this show without all your help, all your hard work behind the scenes. Thanks to everybody who listened, of course. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. 
Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. 